0: Welcome to News Explained. Associate Editor Purnima Joshi explains the biggest cabinet rejig in the last seven years since Prime Minister Narendra Modi came into power and emphasizes its importance. The important thing about politics is that one should always be seen to be doing something. The issue that the government was facing for the two, three months during which uh, COVID-19 second surge happened, a lot of people died, Uh, There was oxygen shortage. The government got a lot of bad press. Also, its handling of uh, various social media outlets uh, and OTT platforms, etc., have come under a lot of criticism, also has been questioned in international fora. So, as soon as the second wave subsided, the BJP, uh, which is the most agile political party in India right now, started a two-way exercise, one at the party level. Because in various state units of the BJP, there's a lot of internal strife that is growing. Whether it's Karnataka or Madhya Pradesh or Gujarat or Uttar Pradesh, there's a lot of discontent at the state level. And some of these uh, states, uh, especially Uttar Pradesh, uh, is going to polls next year. And the uh, BJP cannot afford to have the shadow of COVID-19, especially the second surge, to be looming over those uh, states so uh, people were dispatched to uttar pradesh to talk to the to the local uh, elected leaders etc et also to effect certain organizational changes which have met with the, some resistance at the local level that was at the party organizational level at the government level you needed to have uh, heads rolling for what happened you needed to have uh, to be seen to be doing something and for one and a half months they deliberated over it, they discussed it, and this is the net result, which is what happened yesterday, is uh, the biggest cabinet rejig we have seen in the last seven years, uh, since uh, Mr. Modi came to power in 2014. They have sacked 12 of their ministers. Uh, we shall come to them a little later, and inducted 43 people. Now, there is a lot of political messaging in this, uh, these inductions, which are Primarily meant for showcasing the BJP's. uh, So let's say uh, they have two, three clear messages in this. One is that it's a youthful cabinet. The average age is is just around 50. It is uh, an educated, professional, more professionally qualified cabinet with a lot of doctors, engineers, skilled administrators, uh, bureaucrats, etc. in the team. And more than anything else, it's a it's a cabinet which showcases the BJP's uh, social engineering project, especially in the in all the states across uh, India, Maharashtra, West Bengal, Uttar Pradesh, Bihar. Uh, almost everywhere, the BJP has shown itself to be a party which uh, which aligns uh, which represents the interests of the o- OBCs, SCs, and SDs if you look at uttar pradesh particularly there are seven ministers eight if you include hardeep singh puri who's a Rajya Sabha mp uh, and he could be considered a minority representative representative uh, but leave aside hardeep puri for for a while among the seven that have been picked from up three are obcs and three are from the Scheduled caste communities and one is the brahmin who was supposed to be a little myth with the yogi Adityanath's uh, functioning, etc. So, this is the state from Uttar Pradesh. Now, if you look at, look at Maharashtra, except Narayan Rane, who is a, who is a Maratha uh, strongman from, from the Konkan area, and he's been brought in largely because of his uh, innate ability to counter the Shiv Sena. In, uh, in Maharashtra. He is from Shiv Sena. He was the original Shiv Senik with Balasab Thakre. Uh, he quit. He joined the Congress. Then he flo- floated his own party. For two years, he's been with the BJP. He's been waiting for his chance. But apart from him, you have an ST in uh, uh, Dr. Arati Pawar from Jalgaon. Then you have uh, Kapil Patil, who is from uh, Bhivandi Thane area. Uh, he's an OBC. Then you have Dr. Bhagwat Karad, from Aurangabad, he's a he's a twice mayor of Aurangabad. He's an OBC. So you have largely uh, from a state like Maharashtra, uh, Maharashtra, where largely the RSS's top notch uh, uh, the top command comes from Maharashtra, Maharashtra, and almost all of them are Brahmins. They have picked OBCs, SCs, and STs. This is the uh, fr- even from uh, from Bihar. You have uh, Pashupatinath Paras, a Dalit, and you have uh, R.C. Singh from JDU, who is a Kurmi. Another indication after the BJP has lost uh, Shivasena Sena and Akali Dal as allies, it's an outreach to the allies as well. They've accommodated the JDU, they've accommodated Apna Dal, uh, Anupriya Patel from uh, Apna Dal has joined the cabinet. Anupriya Patel is uh, also among the seven women who have joined uh, the cabinet. So, the number of women has grown up to about 11 uh, in the union cabinet. It's not very large, but they are there, representative capacity at least. Now, all of this is about political messaging, which combines with what is being showcased as an emphasis on performance. So, the health ministry has been literally purged. The health minister and his deputy, Ashwini Chaube, and uh, who was the MOS uh, Health and Dr. Harshvardhan, who was otherwise in Delhi, he was a good health minister. He uh, he also was the one who, who initiated the polio vaccine drive in Delhi, etc. He was a good health minister, but his performance obviously in the health, union health ministry, especially during the COVID, uh, was not good. He was sacked along with his deputy. Ravi Shankar Prasad has been sacked. These are people who were holding multiple portfolios in the last cabinet. Ravi Shankar Prasad had telecom, IT, he had law, and he was one of the most vocal spokespersons for the BJP. He has been sacked in the aftermath of all these uh, controversies, which have again uh, invoked some kind of international attention. Uh, All these uh, very public fights with Twitter, multiple cases against Twitter, the spats that he's been having with WhatsApp, Facebook, Google, etc. He's been sacked. Prakash Javrekar, another minister with uh, multiple portfolios, he's been sacked. Education Minister Ramesh Pokharyal Nishank, who should not have been there in the first place given his performance, very, very abysmal performance as uh, Uttarakhand Chief Minister earlier. He's been sacked and uh, another Brahmin from Uttarakhand, given that the elections are coming in that state. And Brahmins and Rajputs constitute about sixty percent of the population in Uttarakhand. He's been accommodated in the ca- in the cabinet, and uh, the BJP has uh, has changed chief ministers in Uttarakhand also. They've gotten rid of Tirat Thir- Singh Rawat and Pushkar Singh Dhami has been appointed as chief minister. Now all these purges in the union cabinet, big heads rolling, is messaging about accountability, etc. This in totality is the messaging from this uh, from this mega rejig. But the question here. Is uh, is actually related to what we say uh, is the constitutionality about cabinet and its collective res- uh, responsibility in Article seventy four and seventy five of uh, the Constitution. What is collective responsibility of the Union Cabinet? Is that all the members of the Council of Ministers are collectively responsible and accountable to the to Parliament. Now. The issue of accountability also comes when you have a degree of autonomy in the present ecosystem that prevails in this dispensation, where the governance system is very much centralized with uh, either the prime minister or the home minister, largely ruling by a firm hand. So, only a few ministers restricted to probably uh, Nitin Gadkari or maybe Rajnath Singh to some extent, barring them. Most of the ministers largely work under the strict sort of guidance and uh, centralized control and command structure established by the Prime Minister. In such a situation, if accountability has to be fixed, then for the COVID crisis, was it only Harshvardhan or Ashwini Chaube who were responsible for what happened during COVID and mismanagement? These are questions that still remain. And even though the the effort here in this whole rejig is to refurbish and spruce up the cabinet image and you know uh, make it more youthful make it more professional Uh, now however good a professional or an administrator or someone with the qualifications as an administrator also or a technocrat like Ashwini Vaishnav for instance he's been given charge of uh, railways communications electronics and information technology He's a seasoned administrator with uh, with the technology background. Now, how much is he going to be able to have autonomy to run these de- departments? These are questions that need to be answered when we talk about improvement in governance and governance structures. Then we can't talk about just renaming ministries or merging them, and you know, which is another aspect of this uh, this rejig is the coordination improvement, etc., which has been attempted by merging, uh, you know education with skill development, for instance, or uh, merging health with chemicals and fertilizers and so on. This is all being done to improve coordination between ministries. Now, so far as deliverance and governance structures are concerned, there is also the question that needs to be asked on the degree of autonomy that each one of these ministers will have in running their respective departments.